The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. So we are here with Chris Giovanni. He is a, a student at the University of Waterloo in Ontario. He's studying uh, mechanical engineering. PhD. PhD, mechanical engineering. And he is also uh, part of something that he created called Kilos for Colitis. Welcome, Chris. Yes. Thanks for being here. We've got somebody who's extremely smart. PhD in mechanical engineering, has ulcerative colitis, does Kilos for Colitis. Pretty interesting to have you here. Yeah. Well, you're making me sound a little better than uh, I probably am. Well, you no. could probably deadlift both of us right now, right? <laughs> Just, maybe not me. I'm a big person. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've watched your online videos. I'm pretty confident that if we lay down on the ground, Chris could, could lift us up. His videos us. are yeah. pretty intense. They're, in, well. they're really intense. Yeah. Okay, so I met Chris, we just discovered, I think it was three years ago, yep. at a gutsy walk. Um, so tell us about your diagnosis, like your... Yeah, so... Um, how old I was, were you? When did this start? Yeah, yeah. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2011, so I was uh, just about to turn 19. And I remember it was in the summer. I was in my first co-op term. So at Waterloo, you do a lot of... Um, you do school, and then you work for four months, and yeah. then you do school and work for four So I was on my first work term, and uh, I actually had an infection in my wisdom tooth that I oh, took cool. antibiotics for, um, and I took amoxicillin. And the infection started going down, but I started noticing problems in my uh, digestive tract. So I was going to the washroom more often. Um, and then I started noticing the blood in the stool. And I was like, okay, something's not right here. I think it's the antibiotics. I'm going to stop taking them. So I stopped taking them because the infection was gone, whatever. Um, but those symptoms in my digestive tract didn't go away. This is the first time you had those symptoms ever. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And can you, can you, uh, was it a lot of pain? I mean, I know you're, you're, yeah, so it's describe the onset of the symptoms. Yeah, it started with just it started, you know, kind of slowly. Like first you're just going to the washroom a bit more. Yeah. Then you're going to the washroom with a bit of pain. Then a bit more pain, then you start seeing blood in the stool and it, you know, it's it's building up to all these kind of classic symptoms. Of, so were you uh, doing the whole like not eating as much yeah, exactly. because you had places to go. Exactly, yeah. So then you're not getting your nutrients the way that you're supposed to, which is probably not making you feel no, any better. No, it's not better. helping at all. Um, so then I'm going through this process of um, going to work every day, what are these new problems? I've never seen blood in the stool before, which is scary in itself. Did you say anything to anybody about that at first, or you keep it a secret? Oh, at first you keep it a secret, because, yeah. yep. you know, it's Been just, there. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have, you just, you see blood in the stool, and you're like, okay, we're going to not talk about this for a <laughs> little Hey, hi, how's it going? <laughs> Did you know? Uh, I have blood in my stool, how about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, um, at the time, to make things even more complicated, at the time I didn't have a family doctor, so I was going to walk-in clinic, this is oh, what's wrong, man. need a referral. So then they give me the stool test, the blood test to do, um, and I'm getting no results from any of those tests. Um, so I'm kind of left helpless, and I'm still going to work every day, and it's this horrible situation. You're 19. 18, I'm about to turn 19 in, this, in September. Um, and then, yeah, things just continued getting worse. I didn't get that appointment with the GI until uh maybe mid-july so i kind of lived like right. that for a month um 
with, again, no results from any of the blood tests or stool tests or anything. So at this point, I don't know what's wrong. Right. Uh, Are you then, losing weight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not a big person. I don't have that much weight to lose. So I look kind of like very drawn out and stuff. Um, and then I think the colonoscopy, okay, so the GI is like, okay, we got to do a colonoscopy. Of course. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But that doesn't, uh, that doesn't happen until the beginning of August. Um, oh, my God. So again, it's just it's, it's a long process. You're just waiting. It's a long yeah, process you're, you're of, of the getting process. diagnosis. Yeah. Were so you then, on med- uh, did they give you meds between that time, like when you saw the GI and your colonoscopy? No, nothing, nothing. Um, so then I do the colonoscopy, maybe August 11th or 12th or something. He says you have ulcerative colitis, blah blah blah. Um, and I just remember my first reaction being like, okay, we know what's wrong. It has a name. Should have some sort of treatment. Right, right. Um, but then it was in the days, weeks, months following that that I kind of realized the severity of. If you know, Had you heard of UC before? No, but I'd heard of Crohn's disease. Oh, okay. Um, so when I saw it was kind of related to Crohn's disease, um, I was like, that sounds a bit familiar. I know that's a um, digestive tract issue, but I hadn't heard of colitis before the diagnosis. Um, and then from there, he gave me like some uh, weaker medications, um, like NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Cause so what are those like names? Like, if they're not, like, the 5 ASAs, they're not, like, the Pentassas, the, they're not No, that. it is a 5 ASA. Oh, it is a 5 yeah. ASA. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah, the bottom tier. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. bottom tier. So, that is, like, is that, like, acetyl and, exactly, yeah, and yeah. silazepirin? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, looking back, that probably wasn't the best choice. Because I remember uh, the inflammation was so bad in that colonoscopy that he couldn't finish it. He couldn't, couldn't like, go up as high. Yeah, exactly. And the, your inflammation was in your large intestine, yeah. I would assume. yeah. Yeah. So did he give you like oral and suppositories and enemas? No, nothing. Just oral. Oral. Oral only. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I tried that for a month and it didn't really get me anywhere. Mm. So then moved to oral prednisone. Um, and Steroids. that... Uh, well, it helps. It gets yeah, a I quick mean, you, fix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it brought the inflammation down. Sometimes, and just to, just to pause there, um, I think we've all been there where you reach a point with the pain where you're like... I'll take anything at this point. Uh, uh, prednisone is fine. Yeah, uh, just Anything to, to just stop yeah. the pain. Yeah. Like, Does it come in liquid form? Can it go through faster? That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing about prednisone is it does work pretty quickly. It's super fast. And reminds you of what being healthy feels like. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you've forgotten by that point. Yeah, well, I mean, because like I said, it was roughly October by this point. So I had finished my work term. I had gone back to school. So I had moved to Waterloo, back to Waterloo sick. And... Uh, I was just so relieved to have prednisone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, okay, I haven't been healthy. You're eating again. Exactly, yeah. I haven't been healthy since June at this point. Just to right? feel like a regular person. Yeah. Just for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were um, you on prednisone for a while? Yeah, about a month. Well, I have no relative sense. And of then like, you tapered, obviously, yeah, to come yeah, on. Yeah, and then the tapering weeks after that. But yeah, that's more or less the story of the diagnosis, my first experience with those symptoms and managing it. So what medications are you taking now? Are you taking medication now? I am. So now it's the same Salifolk, Um Oh, yeah. 5-ASA. Woo, Salifolk. Sorry, yeah. 5-ASA. Are Salifolk. you taking four or eight? Eight. So four in the morning, four at night? Eight in the morning. Oh, you're taking them all at one time? Yeah. Shit, yeah. I never did that. Um, that was something that <laughs> my uh, GI in Alberta actually recommended, and oh. I've, just, I've stayed with that. And uh, also, it, Does it feel like it's working? Um, I think when I initially made the switch, it actually did feel a bit different, but it's hard to say whether it's like placebo effect. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and also suppository now too. Of Solifolk? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thousand milligrams. Yeah. I think so, suppository makes the biggest difference. Absolutely. I'm a yeah. topical person too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the med the maintenance medication. So have you you haven't had any surgeries? No. And have you had any big hospital stays, or you've been able to manage? Like since that one big flare that you had when you were first diagnosed, have you had other hiccups? Yeah, I've had some. I've definitely had a couple bad flares um, along the way. I've never spent a night in the hospital though. Wow. And looking back, that's My exactly gosh. it. Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> and I I know how like hard the times have been that he's went through, like just knowing him personally and through social media yeah. and stuff. So like for you to say that is like, holy. Well, I don't think that's the best choice or the best approach. Cause looking back, like after it's all said and done, after yeah. the flare up's done, I look back and I'm like, maybe I should have gone to the hospital. Maybe I needed a bit more help than I was willing to admit. You we know? have both admitted that, Lisa. Yeah. It, both admitted. That, that is true. Did. And it, I think that is, uh, I think that's important for people to hear because, um, it is such a an anxiety causing uh, set of symptoms yeah. that um, I think you kind of go through this bargaining phase, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if it gets a little worse, I will go for help. Exactly. But then you're looking for it to get better, and yeah. and you know, it's almost like you you worry that you go to the doctor and the relief will almost be worse than yeah you know what are they going to do or even the thought of wanting to stay in a hospital yeah like nobody wants to stay in a hospital no one wants to go to a hospital well when i was a kid and i i was diagnosed when i was 11 and we were just talking about sick kids uh i didn't mind going to the hospital at all because it was such a yeah, you know, but being but an adult, being, being an adult. Yeah. So you moved. You were saying that you moved to you moved to Edmonton. I did. Yes. You did, um, for school. Yes, that's where I did my masters. Right. So tell us about your move to Edmonton. Was that easy? How did that affect your IBD? Your healthcare? It's still yeah. within Canada. Yeah. But. It's, yeah. It's not oh, your but, doctors. Yeah, it's and it's not. a different. It's different health. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, a different place. Yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely an experience because, like everything you pointed out. All of a sudden, my usual um, support network is gone, right? Like, my right. parents aren't there, yeah. friends aren't there, family aren't there. The usual doctors that I go to has changed and everything. Um, but yet, I still did this move. And it was when I first moved there, that's exactly, like, all the things I was conscious of, right? So first thing I did, went to the family clinic. I have colitis. I need a GI or, like, some sort of doctor they reference. They like, set up that transition for you? Like, um, refer you to You know someone? what? That's probably my fault because I didn't. Oh, you didn't voice it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it wasn't hard. It was easy enough um, once I got there to set it up. It was a lot quicker than when I needed a doctor here. Right. Um, and I was also actually lucky that um, the doctor that I got set up there was also an IBD researcher as well as uh, as oh. a physician. So he was um, pretty savvy with like the new medications or treatment options. Um, but it was scary, and I think the scariest part was just not having, you know, the family around or, like, the, the usual people that took care of, of me when course. I was sick. Of course, yeah. Um, and, and the a lot people of it, who, like, you don't even have to say what's going on. Yeah, exactly. They just have to explain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it was a good experience to be able to, you know, kind of build my confidence um, that you to can take care do of this, myself. Even though exactly. you're sick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I did, uh, I had a bit of a minor flare-up those first few months. So you I was stress? kind of... Probably, yeah, the stress of the move and because uh, I don't think there was anything else that really could have triggered it. Was it this your first time moving away? Uh, well, I moved to Waterloo, which isn't that far, but this was like my first time moving like far. Away, away. Like you can't yeah. go home on the weekend. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I ran into some problems in those first few months. Um, and that was it was kind of like a test right out the gate, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you're in this situation, you're a bit sick, what are you going to do? 
Um, <laughs> See how we just do that? Yeah. Like, now what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I kind of wrestled with that for a month or two. I told my uh, – so what ended up happening was I told the GI there that I'm having these issues. They're not that bad. Like, I don't think we need to do anything drastic, but um, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, and he changed it. At that time, it was only one suppository uh, in the evening. So then he changed it to two, and then everything kind of went away. Um, so your IBD has affected your school and your work? Yes, definitely. Um, especially in uh, undergrad, because like I said, I was diagnosed in 2011. So that was at the end of my first year. And then for pretty much the rest of undergrad, it was this back and forth battle. Um, of like, I remember the year after, so in 2012, um, getting extremely, I had a really bad relapse, um, and I was right in the middle of exams, uh, which was a disaster, and then and then in the work terms as well. So the thing, my take when I look back on that, because it's always school term versus work term, right? Um, school term is a bit easier to manage because you're kind of on your own schedule, and like, right. okay, if you're not feeling this right now, just take a break and study when it is. But when, it's, when you're working, uh, it's a bit work. more difficult because you're up on like, you know, sometimes you get in bad flare and you're up several times at night running to the washroom, pain, whatever. Um, the alarm goes off at the same time. It doesn't matter. How yeah. Many times yeah. Up, right. And you got to go to work. This is um, where like the managing, like adults managing IBD, like, like you had said, when you were a kid going to the hospital, was like, I'm going to go to the hospital. But it's not that easy to just. Oh no. I mean, Chantel was just talking about uh, feeling, um, as everybody knows, Chantel's a teacher having a flare-up on Thursday, and the first thing that went through her mind was, March break is over in three days. I have to go back to school. I can't go in the hospital. Yeah. And, like, that, Which is just the wrong that way compounding to think. of stress, yeah, you know? It is a very, it's the wrong yeah. way to think, but it's the society we live in. Like, yeah. you need a job to survive. I need my job for my benefits. So much anxiety, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like 100%. So you started weightlifting. Yeah. Going yes. to the gym. I did, yeah. You started going to the gym. So, um, like I mentioned, so th there's that when I got diagnosed in 2011, and then I more or less spent that entire year in this kind of perpetual sickness, like and trying you're to in figure it out. No, 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 sorry. Oh, that's when she, he was still in Waterloo. Yeah, so when I was still in Waterloo, first got diagnosed. So, 20, summer of 2011 to summer of 2012, mostly just sick all the time. And then, summer of 2012 was when I got like really bad again. And then, then I got a handle on it. Um, then we figured out the medication, got a handle on it. But at this point, I had lost so much weight. Right. And I was a skeleton walking around. So, um, I remember that September being like, okay, uh, I'm going to see what the gym's all about. I'm going to try and put some weight back on. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> People stop looking at me strange. Uh, it should be it should be a good thing to do. So then that's when I first just kind of discovered the gym and strength training and stuff like that. And I was lucky that um, there was this club on campus that was a strength and conditioning club where I learned a lot of um, uh, how to get into it and what movements and stuff to be doing and stuff like that. And I kind of found that community there. Did you disclose that you you had like a chronic illness to that? No, um, oh. and this leads into all that kind of kilos for colitis stuff. So I was um, doing all this lifting with these guys and, you know, keeping it to myself. And it, for the most part, I kept the disease to myself until 2014, so maybe the first three years wow. uh, that I had it. Um, That's what I did, though, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I did you it, do. too. Yeah. I mean, we it's all crazy. do it, too. We all just like, oh, nothing's wrong. Look away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't look at eyes. me. I'm not special. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so did, let me ask you, did you find pain relief with the lifting? Like, did you find... It's going to the gym, like... From the, and from the endorphins, were you getting any kind of physical benefit that was... Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, but I think there was that, but as well, there was also like a mental. very big mental relief. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and even to this day, it serves as, you know, some sort of coping mechanism or an outlet. When you say mental relief, mm-hmm. can you describe that, what you're talking about? Like, what is that mental relief? Like, takes you out of your anxiety or um, was there like a, like, what is that? Yeah, sure. So um, it, it for those, that hour that you're at the gym and, yeah. you, you know, you're lifting these weights and stuff, you kind of, or at least for me, you leave behind that anxiety of, you know, all those symptoms and the worries and the fears of uh, IBD and the pain of IBD. Um, So that's how it started. I think that's kind of what hooked me on it is that, okay, I was in the gym for this bit and I was just enjoying my time there. And, you know, the challenge is It takes your mind off it. It takes your mind off of it. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And then as I got more into it, I started getting into uh, competitive lifting. Um, So like the lifts you see in the Olympics, uh, Olympic style lifting. And what I find these days is that, uh, or sorry, where I find the coping mechanism these days is that um, a lot of times when I'm sick, my frustration with IBD is now expressed in the gym. So I'll do a lift and everyone will see me getting excited and hollering or whatever. But it has nothing to do with the lift, right. really. It's more about... You're raging. Is, exactly, yeah. yeah. raging yeah. at a disease. Like That's my, awesome. Uh, um, <laughs> my conquering of colitis is kind of coming out in, in weightlifting now and, you know, in doing these movements. And You know what? That's a powerful statement, though, because I've often said, you know, with any chronic illness, obviously speaking on the ones that I know of personally, my body, I feel, has turned on my mind. Like... I have no control over my body. This has happened to me regardless of how healthy I've been, what I've eaten. It does, my body is doing this to me and I can't, I can't stop it. It's a very like, it's a very outer body experience. Like my, my brain comes with me in one place and I just look down at my body. Like, why are you doing this? There's a lot of self anger there and anger against the disease. So when you say like, I'm screaming in the gym and everyone's like, wrong this guy <laughs> like you get it, you know? yeah. Like, yeah yeah I totally get it oh yeah I I get it too yeah, I mean it's just I, that frustration we have very similar uh I think all three of us have like a lot of patterns that crop up but I started when I, I had a bad flare-up of Crohn's when I moved to Chicago yeah, and uh and I started running I started competitive running with a with a track team and I just found that like I just stay ahead of it, you know, yeah. like, like, but yeah. on top of that, the endorphin rush was a physical pain relief for yeah, me for too. Sure. For so sure. it was like this never ending cycle of like, look at like, and then I would look at my body and see the results of training so hard yeah. and yeah. feel like I was winning somehow. Yeah. I was it's almost out like, of it. like, exactly. like piss off IBD. Yeah. Like, yeah like, you're in my body, but like, but screw look you, at look at me. Doing. Like, yeah. you know. It's like a bully. Yeah. Like you're trying to show off a bu- to a bully. Yeah. That's really what That's it is. That's really what it is. And it's and the, going back to the endorphin and what you mentioned with that, I remember when I started getting into weightlifting or, you know, strength training in general more intensely, um, I had some flare-ups. I think things were getting bad. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from the gym. And things were getting a little worse. And then I was like, you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting worse anyway. I'm just going to go back to the gym. And I was – then things started to kind of stabilize again. And I was wondering – does something going with the gym, you know, like, is something (laughs) helping me here? And it probably gets back to the endorphins that you mentioned, right? Because like we were saying before, for that hour or two, it's just off your mind. Well, you know, um, but that's making you hungry too. So you're eating, you wouldn't before 
you're hydrating even though you wouldn't if you were just yeah. sitting at home flaring. I do think there know? is a real pain relief though with that yeah. rush of endorphins. And plus, I mean, there's, I mean, Chris, you look amazing. I mean, you don't look like a sick person. You look amazing. Obviously, you've conditioned your body and your recovery has been, it yeah. continues to be spectacular. So that's got to take a lot of the anxiety away from, because I remember yeah. a big part of it is I don't want to look like a sick person. Please, I don't want to look in the mirror and see a sick person looking back at me every time yeah. I look. Or get that sympathy because you look sick. Exactly. Yeah. Draw attention to yourself. There's something so yeah. stressful about drawing that attention to yourself and like, pitying yeah the pity people the pity I can, like i am not a puppy do not look at me like that so like sure. so tell us what is kilos for colitis because this yeah. is huge this is why you're here because kilos for colitis is so yeah. sweet so this the logo on his shirt i know it's great we're yeah. gonna take a picture of this and post it <laughs> yeah this, this one turned out good but uh so this started in 2014 and I was doing a competition so like I said I got into competitive lifting and stuff and I was doing um Ontario Provincials and at this point, like I said, I had been very quiet about, you know, having colitis. Um, but at the same time, when someone would ask me a question, oh, why were you gone from school for these for this week? Or like, what's going on? What are you You'd sick say with? It. I'd say, oh, I have colitis. And they'd be like, oh, what's that? You know, so mm. there was this lack of awareness. Um, so you so weren't I, necessarily keeping it a secret at no, this point. No, it's just I wasn't. You just weren't openly talking exactly. about it. Sounds like you were yeah. dipping dipping your toe in the, <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to admit I have a chronic disease. Yeah. How are people going to take yeah. this? Like, yeah, so then I realized there were these issues with awareness. And, you know, it was kind of frustrating to me because I had learned that, you know, Canada has the highest prevalence in the world. Right. Stuff like that. We're number one. Yeah, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I had this um, competition coming up and I said, you know what, I need to do my part to raise awareness. Or I have this platform in front of me where I can be raising awareness, and I had this idea, so I was like, I'm going to go with it. So what I had decided to do for that competition um, was I was going to make a donation based off how much weight I had lifted, and I was going to like pump it all through my uh, social media outlets. I'm doing this fundraiser. I have this disease. Um, and try and build awareness in that way. And it was originally supposed to be something that it was just me. I was just going on the platform, lifting the weights, making a proud statement that I have this disease. Um, and to my surprise, other people started piling on. And they're saying, oh, I'll match your donation of what you're doing. Oh, I'll donate $5 for every squat you do at 300 pounds in the gym while you're preparing for the competition. I think that's what Daryl and I did, right? Did we do yes, per squat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we I was like, um, we're going to give him this much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people people like you and others, they started um, supporting me. And the, the mechanism to which the fundraiser runs is that same thing. It's, I'm going to make this donation based off my performance, and other people match it. Other people tell me to do something. Um, and it's just grown every year from that. So now every fall, I do a competition, and I donate based off my performance, and other people are challenging me to do this and that. Um, and even this past year now, it's gotten so big that people are challenging, you know, it's me doing the challenges, but now my friends are getting in on it too. So they they want like a partner challenge or something. You and know, are they oh, raising that's money great. on behalf of it too? Yes. Yeah. That's so wicked. Yeah. How wicked I, is that? That is just so cool because to I me, it's, it. it's, uh, it's massive buff guys. In just, the end, everybody wins. You yeah. guys are yeah. getting healthier. You're, uh, you're pushing your own personal boundaries. You're proving that people with chronic illnesses can yeah. be healthy. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, we can still, do, you know, lift yeah. heavy weights and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. That's and really fantastic for your support network, too, that you've got guys that yes. you are, yeah, you definitely. know, your friends and the guys from the gym and, like, your strength, you know, 
they're doing that with you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's how. Uh, that's really great. That's how Kilos for Colitis continues to grow. Yeah, exactly. And one story that I just kind of want to share real quick because it's something that's you know close to my heart and is what we're talking about here is that my weightlifting club in Edmonton, I had just joined there yeah. um, and then I was doing the fundraiser for that fall. Um, so I posted on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I'm doing this competition um, and I'm going to be donating this much. And at that club, there was maybe uh, three or four other guys that were doing the same competition um, and they saw me talking about it. And one guy in the gym, I didn't even know him. I knew him for like a month maybe. He's like, Chris, I saw your post. I'm going to do the same thing. Amazing. Wow. And so then he's then he started going around bothering other people in the gym. <laughs> You're doing this competition. Why aren't you Why aren't you donating? So then all of a sudden, I did, this was in... Uh, peer pressure is perfect. Oh, peer so pressure good. is perfect. And it exists in, you know, these weightlifting clubs. This was, 20, <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, 2016. And so all of a sudden, I was doing this competition. And I had, you know, three other guys that were doing it with me. And they were all donating based off their total. So... Um, it's, it's like you were saying, it's good to build, you know, my own support network. And by the time I left that weightlifting club in Edmonton, everyone there knew what IBD was. Everybody doing That's Crohn's weird. disease, colitis. Yeah. And you know? yeah, so it's worked out twofold that when I'm raising, you know, I'm raising money for Crohn's and Colitis Canada and the awareness and the people that I've gotten to reach, at least within the weightlifting community, it's been huge. So you donate the funds from kilos to, uh, for colitis to Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us about Well, threefold, because your... I would say yeah. you're also physically getting help. Yeah, and then I, I get to do my weightlifting yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. But you know what's yeah. nice, too? It's nice that there's people within the gym community that actually know about this, because we have this perception that the gym community is only healthy people. Like, the only people who go to the gym, they look amazing, they're super healthy. It's so true. You know? Yeah. So it's nice that there's this attachment now where... No, that's not exactly how it is. I also really like the idea that people listening today could potentially have could hear this and think that's an outlet I never considered. Yeah. It was just something yeah. that because I because I think one of the things and maybe you guys can weigh in on this, but one of the things that I found particularly challenging, I was diagnosed when I was quite young, and the idea of competition was always so difficult for me because I knew I had a personal limitation and so I got really into challenging myself like yeah. competing with yeah. myself yeah. and this is just an avenue I would not have considered but this is a great way to you know to get healthy and you know, we've talked about boundary. sport and physical, like you've talked about yoga yeah. we had Mike on here talking about soccer yeah, that's right. and, you know like physical you think it would be the last thing you'd worry about when, with someone with IBD, with a debilitating disease that we have. You think getting physical? Absolutely not. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I am Netflixing. I want to go to bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's funny yeah. you say that, too, because you can ask anyone that's, you know, been with me in the gym or at a, weight, at a weightlifting club, and they'll tell you I lift with a chip on my shoulder. Like, I have something to prove, right? And there's something that I'm overcoming. Right. And, Great. Like it, yeah. Keep that chip awesome. going. That's exactly I know. Yeah. No one says it as a bad thing either. Like, they love it. They're like, yeah. What do you have this chip? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's so a you great a, place for that chip on your shoulder to come out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. In the gym. Absolutely. Not in a bar. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, at closing time. Sure. So tell us about your logo. You have uh, it's an it's the intestines. Yeah, so Cute little intestines guy. He's adorable. He's Small and large. Hold he's it up. He's healthy. Look at him weightlifting. <laughs> yeah, he's I pushing. love it. He's got a good smile on his face, and yeah. he's putting the weight over his head. Now, the question, so. is that proper technique, that guy that he's using there? Because his arms look a little... Yeah, they're a little know, bent, so. I don't even think he has kneecaps, this guy. He doesn't, so maybe it's a bit easier for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so tell us, like, you've got a blog. I so do. tell yeah. us about your blog so that our listeners can go to your blog. You have a YouTube channel. At least I think you have. I do, yeah. 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 So to, and Instagram. 
Yes. Okay, tell us all about that. Okay, so what the vlog it? started um, just after the first fundraiser did because everyone wanted to um, hear more of my thoughts and what was going on in my head. Um, so it's wow. www.keelsforkleitis.wordpress.com. And Kilos is K-I-L-O-S, four yeah, as in the number four. is four, in the number. And then Kalitis, C-O-L-I-T-I-S. Yes. Which you probably all know how to spell. Yeah. Hard to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what goes there is a lot of my... Um, thoughts on or challenges living with colitis um, and doing weightlifting with colitis and just other like anytime I do a weightlifting meet kind of a recap of that and uh, kind of how those two things go hand in hand yeah. for me anyway colitis mm-hmm. and weightlifting um, and the YouTube channel I believe is cdgiovanni92 so c-d-i-g-i-o-v-a-n-n-i-92 mm-hmm. um, and that's but also too on your blog there's YouTube videos posted, so yeah. if you go to the YouTube link from that video, it'll take you right to yes. the page, yeah. which is good. I mean, the YouTube channel more or less exists so I can post videos to go On the with blog, a lot right. of the blog, yeah, because right. the, the videos are mostly just uh, my meets and stuff like that. Um, the Instagram is something new that I've just been getting into the last uh, month or so. I was going to say, when you told me that you had an Instagram, when you said the, I was like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is Yeah, it's new. a new thing. It's a new thing. I feel um, like I would have known this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at kilos for colitis, four is in the number. Um, and like I said, I just started about a month ago and I'm continuing to grow it. I'm actually having a lot of fun with that right now because I'm finding this kind of uh, IBD community that exists on Instagram. Oh my gosh, it's huge. It's very huge. Yeah. Like IBD, I, I posted like one little thing about IBD and, and, and liked like the gutsy walk. And Crohn's and Colitis Canada, and then it was like Crohn's and Colitis Australia, Crohn's and Colitis yeah. UK, yeah. Like Crohn's and Colitis Foundation wow. of America. They all started just like adding me, and then mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then there's like memes about IBD, and then there's like, there's yeah. so much. Yeah, and the- then health people, people who are making foods and dietary books and all this IBD stuff. Yeah, yeah. it runs pretty deep. But I'll tell you the yeah. coolest thing that I've come across. So there's two hashtags that I always look up and try and get involved with the community. One is hashtag colitis or hashtag IBD awareness. The other is hashtag Olympic weightlifting. And what I'll do there is I'll just kind of go through. If I see someone hit a PR, I'll make a nice little comment or I'll like posts and stuff like that. And you would be surprised the amount of times that someone responds back or sorry, follows me back and then sends me a private message and is like, my niece has colitis. I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let me know how I can get involved. Yeah, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's been pretty cool. And, Uh, you know, ironically, not surprising because it's uh, people suffer in silence. And then when they see someone who's doing something like what you're doing, it's just like, you know, just like mind blowing. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's we're going to post all everybody. his links on our Facebook too. So we'll put up Chris's blog. Mm-hmm. So check out our Facebook, Guts and Glory. We have a page on Facebook. Check that out. We'll put up a link to his blog. You got to go to his Instagram at kilos for colitis, K I L O S, the number four, C O L I T I S. And if you're a weightlifter and you're yes. interested in getting involved yes, with kilos for colitis, you would like to join Chris in his challenge, yeah, kilos for colitis, out. the fall. They have time to train. They do. Yep. So Lots even if you're not a weightlifter, <laughs> but you're thinking about it, yeah, now's the time. I just started thinking about it. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> yeah, I sure. just started thinking about it because, like, we're gonna have I to bring a little challenge. We'll like bring that. some weights into the into the studio. I'm gonna I pick you up and carry you, <laughs> fireman carry up and down the stairs. We're gonna do. Chris, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, no problem. Thank like, you for having me. Super awesome that you're here. Yeah. And we wish you well. It's very inspiring. It what it Thank is. You. 
Thank you. Very inspiring. And like you, you look at him. I know like, you look so healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a real testament to uh, yeah. you know, because it is it's a body and mind management it project. Is. And yeah. arguably so, sometimes more mind than body. Yeah, I think you've mm-hmm. really yeah. It looks like you've really clicked into something big. Is there any yeah. special people, like specific people you want to mention? Just like you know, thank you to blah 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 blah, or a certain gym name, or anybody you want to say shout out to? Yeah, I gotta give a shout out. Well, first thing to my parents for you know all the care. Oh yeah, moms and, and dads stuff. are pretty sweet. Eh? The yeah. parents. When it yeah. comes to these chronic illness, yeah. Um, I do want to shout out my weightlifting club in Edmonton that I mentioned that was so on board. They're called Power Plus Olympic Weightlifting. So anyone in uh, Edmonton area, go and check them out. Power Plus Olympic Weightlifting, Edmonton. Did you say Power Plus Olympic Weightlifting, Edmonton? Yeah, like Edmonton's going hard there, Power Plus. We really like that place. Power Plus Olympic I've never been to Edmonton, Edmonton. but when I do go, I'm just going to walk in there and be like, hey, you guys know Chris? I know Chris. Hey, well, <laughs> Chris am I right? You'll see my banner on the wall at yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, I want to give a shout out to my friend Michael Rubin, who's with me in Waterloo, and he's, he's just kind of been a corner, cornerstone in venting uh, my issues with colitis and you know, lifting with me at the gym and um, all of those Mark? sorts of things. No, I don't think so. Mark, Michael. I don't know Michael. you. Michael. Michael. Mike, Mike, sorry. Mike. You don't know Mark either. Does he go by Mike or Michael? Michael. Michael, I don't know you. Lisa doesn't know you, but we have to say that you're one of those sweet-ass friends that are once-in-a-lifetime, honestly. Yeah, you need somebody who once, You are a once-in-a-lifetime friend. there with you. And I'm yeah. going to thank you for being awesome to Chris because Chris is sweet. You're sweet. That's really sweet. Isn't yep. that sweet? It's also sweet. I love hearing good people. Yeah. Yep. You know? Shouts out to the support givers because uh, Absolutely. we'd be lost without them. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's nice to see that it's coming from a male friend of yours, too, because sometimes that's hard to reach out to a male friend. The oh, emotional God, yeah. side always comes yeah. from a female friend, yeah. you know? It's true. So that's really awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck. And I hope you're so staying. excited. You're not being in the hospital ever. I hope that continues. Yeah, Can Unbroken you? Street. Go yeah. for yeah, it. We'll yeah, we'll that is so awesome. Awesome. We're sending the wrong message. <laughs> yeah. We are so sending the wrong message. You <laughs> mean right that you now. stay healthy enough? You <laughs> go stay to out the hospital yeah. if you need Maybe help. We'll, yes, we'll if you are ill, please go. But check out Kilos for Colitis. Um, and don't be intimidated to get into the gym. You know, everyone has their own battle that they're fighting. And. Try it out. It might yeah. be right for you. Absolutely. It might be yeah. the best uh, decision you ever make. Absolutely. Those endorphins are real pain relievers. Yeah. I'll tell you. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for being here, Chris. Oh, thank you for having me. Strength and positive thoughts. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>